Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Years ago, our intern minister, Rebecca Froome, now serving our congregation in Quincy, Massachusetts, was reflecting on the holiday season that had just passed. Well, she said, like from Halloween on, it was all Christmas. (laughs) I subscribe to this idea. It may well be a fantasy that forewarned is forearmed, that maybe, just maybe, we could do something about this so we don't wake up on New Year's Day feeling hung over from too much, too much, and too little that is nourishing and restorative. Over the years, in what should be the most wonderful time of the year, I have heard people complain, complain, complain about the hectic pace, stress, commercialization, overwhelm, obligation, overspending, overindulgence, disappointment, and sadness. And overlaid on all of that, the holidays naturally lend themselves to nostalgia. Our sense of loss and grief is heightened as memories threaten to flood and taint every celebration. This morning's sermon is my white paper on surviving and thriving through the holidays. My hope is that you will add to it so it's something that can become truly useful to us and to whomever we might have the opportunity to help. I invite you to pull up just one moment from a holiday, any holiday that brings joy in the remembering. Just go with your first thought. That feeling is what we're after. Let's start by deconstructing the added stress of these times. There's the stress to buy, which can so often lead to the misery of overspending, the stress to be many things to many people, or the stress of wondering where you'll be at all, the stress to be happy. These are all external pressures, meaning it's important to remember that we have some choice about which ones we're willing to entertain. And then it's time to fire up some stress reduction techniques. The baseline is to start with our physical well-being, eating and drinking healthily and sleeping deeply, making sure we play as well as work. I also love the directive to learn to relax at will. When our youngest daughters were in elementary school, Mrs. Knoyer might be in the middle of teaching a math class when she would call out, deer, which meant not that there was a deer, but drop everything and read. 
The kids would instantly grab a book and find a cozy place to curl up and read, and the usually lively room would get very quiet. And then after a quarter of an hour or so, Mrs. C would gently invite them back to their regular schedule. The change in the energy in the room was palpable. The pause had refreshed. So I'm gonna suggest that we just call out, dear, to ourselves and to one another, even if someone doesn't know what it means. It's like an endearment, right? Dear, and everything will go better. Alternatives to a few minutes of reading are stretching or meditation, petting your resident four-footed, listening to a beautiful piece of music, getting outside, or just breathing. You know what restores you. Even five minutes can clear your mind and give you back your perspective, flexibility, common sense, and your sense of humor. Health Journeys Belarus Naprostek writes, this is especially important around holiday time when trying too hard to do much creates the exact opposite of the festive feeling you're striving for, and you morph into the cranky, resentful, martyred, overworked Scrooge that you really don't aspire to be. Be realistic and know your limits. It's a wonderful thing to know what you can and cannot do. Wrestle your perfectionism to the ground and don't let idealized expectations press you into doing more than you can realistically manage. Set boundaries. Say no. Work smart. So that's stress. Now let's consider overindulgence, which is absolutely baked into celebrating. If we were talking about just one night, it might be different, but we are talking about the triple crown of overeating. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, throw in Hanukkah, you have a quadruple crown. And then there's the crown jewel of excessive drinking, New Year's Eve. Really, an important chapter in the holiday survival guide should be strategizing how not to self-destruct while we celebrate. When our kids were little, a friend taught me not to send them to birthday parties hungry. She would stuff her boys with nourishing food so they wouldn't have room to gorge on cake and ice cream and stagger home on a sugar high only to crash. We can try this on ourselves before we head out to holiday parties. And if you live for, say, eggnog or latkes, and your idea of holiday joy is to indulge in as much or as many as you can in this short season, maybe, just maybe, whatever our favorite holiday indulgences are, we could be a little bit strategic about them and spread them out. There are certain kinds of candy available only during the holiday season. I know this because Kem buys many, many, many bags of them. <laughs> Actually, they live in our freezer all year long and she happily thaws just a little bit at a time. I have it on good authority that frosted Christmas cookies and kugel are still delicious having been frozen and thawed. Next up is managing outsized expectations. In this candy shop of a season, the temptation to overcommit is a siren song. 
Ask yourself, what is realistic for me? Really? If your role model is Martha Stewart, please keep in mind she has a staff. She has a very large staff to help her shop and decorate. Santa is not the only one who should be making a list. Best to bear down and try to manage our time. There have been days when there was so much to do, I was afraid to make a list. The thought of seeing it all in all its giantness was completely overwhelming. But if you can bring yourself to do it, take a good hard look, see what's humanly reasonable, and if you have to bow out with apologies, bow out. One of the best things we can do to survive the holidays is to make room. Notably a very big theme on Christmas Eve. Try not to run from store to store or party to party. Leave time to catch your breath, reflect, look ahead, acquaint yourself with that calmer class of neurohormones that return you to equilibrium. Especially if you're grieving, give yourself time and space. There can also be room for joy. I told the good people at Beth's in my weekly tea party that the first time I took our kids out trick-or-treating, their only experience that bore any resemblance to that was accompanying me on parish calls. So at the first house, they ring the bell, the door opens, they duly yell, trick-or-treat, and then they sped past our astonished neighbor, plopped down on his living room couch, a witch and a little mermaid waiting to visit. I tried to explain that this wasn't visiting time. To no avail, he brought them candy and they just sat there eating Reese's, holding court. Lesson, we should make time to visit rather than rushing from house to house. The holidays may come with precious memories that may also be painful. They may be fraught with difficult memories, wanting us, making us want to crawl into a cave until it's all over and we're safe to come out again. Remember that comparison is the thief of joy. Neither compare this holiday season to other holiday seasons or yourself to others. It's a fruitless enterprise. Just be here now. Extended family can be the cause of great joy or a kind of grinding misery at holiday time. Psychologist Dr. James Francis writes, the key to interacting with a difficult person or group of people is to restrict their chaos from becoming internalized by you. Do not surrender your inner peace by accepting any negative core beliefs about yourself. Have a plan for interaction with them and control what you can. I have a vivid memory of standing in our tiny kitchen with my cousin Keith on a Thanksgiving that our mothers, who are sisters, were both in rare form. Keith and I just looked at each other, took hands, and very quietly recited the third step prayer 
Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Having an ally is so helpful. The two best pieces of advice I've received about interacting with people who are difficult are these. Number one, from A Course in Miracles, ask yourself, would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? If you'd rather be happy, keep weighing your options and lean into happiness. If you'd rather be right, this isn't going to work for you. But maybe best piece of advice number two will help. Just say, oh. No matter what they say, no matter what they say, just say, oh. You can practice. Oh. Oh. It's a real showstopper. <laughs> Later, you can laugh about it. And to all of this, I would add, have a getaway plan. And have a recovery plan. Perhaps like some of you years ago, I instituted a feast of the leftovers on the weekend following Thanksgiving to recover from family time. I think of it as the big do-over. Even though, blessedly, my difficult family members have all gone on to their reward, we still gather with neighbors and friends to feast after the feast, and it's always wonderful. Connecting with those who truly care about you, inspire you, and support you is so nourishing. Start here. Reverend Beth, Mark David, and I are creating a guide to the holidays here. It all begins next Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, at Arlington Street. We'll give thanks at Thanksgiving and make a practice of gratitude all through the holiday season. With all my heart, I invite you to join in these lovely offerings with this beloved spiritual community, to join us in living into the deepest meanings and the greatest joys of this season. All are welcome. Beloved spiritual companions, in anticipation and preparation for what is to come, I'll close with these words adapted from Methodist minister Jan Richardson. All throughout these months, as the shadows have lengthened, this blessing has been gathering itself, making ready, preparing for this time. Believe me when I tell you, this blessing will reach you. Even if you have not light enough to read it, it will find you, even though you cannot see it coming. You will know the moment of its arriving by your release of the breath you have held so long, a loosening of the clenching in your hands of the clutch around your heart, a thinning of the darkness that had drawn itself around you. This blessing does not mean to take the night away, but it knows its hidden roads, knows the resting spots along the path, knows what it means to travel in the company of friends. So when this blessing comes, take its hand, get up, set out on the road you cannot see, 
This is the night when you can trust that any direction you go, you will be walking toward the dawn. Come, beloveds, let us go together. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart and namaste. I honor the divine in you. When this blessing comes, take its hand, get up. Set out on the road you cannot see. This is the night when you can trust that any direction you go, you will be walking toward the dawn. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.